0: hallelujah Hallelujah. I tell you what let's do I like to do this let's lift our hands unto the Lord and father we worship you we praise you out of our hearts father God father it's nice to have music but it's also nice just to worship you father God just to worship you father Hallelujah, out of our own hearts, Father God. And we love you and praise you and thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see my new pastor, half of it has come into the room. <laughs> Uh, I made that comment for a couple of reasons. I always like to recognize the pastor. And number two, this is my new pastor. My other one is in heaven. But, you know, it's time to start a new season. And we came down here just to do that. And so we have a new pastor a new family. Oh, yeah. We're very happy. We're very contented. And then what topped it all off is I had lunch with Ted. <laughs> and, and, Debbie. and Debbie. I'm not going to leave her out. I was just letting it soak in. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, uh my name is Charlie Rogers and of course you know that. But I was uh I'll let I'll give you a little bit of background. Charlie BC But I ain't gonna give you much. Cause that part of me is dead and I'm putting deeper under the ground and uh I don't like to even uh, share about it. it. It just gives you a starting point, but that's not what you're supposed to concentrate on, you know, and so I was raised up a heathen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was raised up back in the hills of uh, Cherokee County, and uh my mother and dad never took us to church, uh, my sister and I. But you know, they weren't—they weren't bad or anything. They weren't like the rest of the hillbillies. But you know, uh, we didn't really go to church regular or anything like that. I spent one summer in Vacation Bible School, and I chased the girl at Free Will Baptist Church for a little while. And then I found out she didn't like men, and so I just, I hightailed it out of there. (laughs) You know, but anyhow, so, uh, (laughs) so, uh, you know, uh, that was kind of the sum of it. I I was raised up just an old country boy, and uh, glad I was raised that way, but, Now, I think, boy, you could have done better. You could have been an old country boy raised with God. And uh, but now I'm making up for lost time. And uh, so uh, right out of high school, I was really considered a real good boy during high school. Uh, You know, if I had somebody to vouch for me, I would my sister went on to heaven and my mom and dad went on so just me left and my sons and granddaughters and uh, so anyhow i i just uh you know i i went from high school i went to oklahoma state university that better school up the state, up the interstate, you know. Thank you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, hallelujah. We got another one back there. Hallelujah. I'm putting
1: a thumbs down.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, that's not good. (laughs) Here I thought, I got got some people. Hallelujah. Well, anyhow, I don't have much. I don't have much good to say about them. They were a good drinking school. <laughs> yeah, you know, they called me the fish. No. <laughs> anyhow, uh, right after I got out of college, uh, I went and uh, married uh, a young lady out in the western part of the state. And all I'll say about that is, uh, at that time, all I'll say about that is, is she gave me two fine boys. One of them's an attorney here in town, the other one manages a convenience store out west. He's trying to get his life together and find out at 42 years old what he wants to do. And uh, you know, you know of some of those. But anyhow, uh, so, you know, uh, I will say this: that now she has, she has found uh, Jesus, so she's a little easier. Because some of the stuff I'm going to tell you is uh, it dates back a little ways. But she, when I was, uh, I had a real estate and auction company out in uh, Chester, Oklahoma. Sealing, Oklahoma area, Fairview, Oklahoma area, and uh, I I wanted to find, I I knew I was looking for something more. At that time, I didn't know exactly what, but I knew there was something more. Uh, I had asked to uh, run for state representative, a U.S. representative, which at that time I would have ran against uh, Frank Lucas. And those of you that don't know him, he's now a senator, U.S. senator. And so anyhow, uh, I uh, she said this. She gave me an ultimatum. She said, if you ever become a politician or a preacher, I'll divorce you. I said, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, you know, and so then right after that, um, my business partner in Stillwater, his name is Jim Campbell, he don't mind me telling you his name, maybe you'll get to meet him someday, but he he, he and I were pretty good buddies, so I thought until he shanghaied me into going to a... Uh, full gospel businessman's retreat. I didn't know what he was talking about. And if I'd have known then, you know, I probably wouldn't have went, but God must have been behind it. Oh, yeah. And so we went to this businessman's retreat up in uh, Ponca City, Ark City, Kansas. And um, it was a old uh, Methodist uh Bible camp, I I guess, the best I can remember, and all these Pentecostals were in there, and and I guess a few Baptists were in there, and it was quite a mixture, but anyhow, so they got kind of wild that night, that first night. I, I just hung back, but they got kind of wild. Them old floors of that building was a Shaking up and down, and I would say the chandeliers were swaying, except they didn't have any. <laughs> so, anyhow, so uh, it was it was quite a deal, and I kind of hung back. And <laughs> this must have been God. I don't know how else this happened, but, but uh, I I was the last enrollee in the camp in the businessmen's group and they said uh, Charlie said you'll you'll have to stay by yourself in this one building because we filled up all the other spaces but we have a spot there for you and uh, so you'll have the building and the bunk all to yourself and and I said great I thought, you know, I can't even get any fellowship, So, but I'll get out of here in the morning. I'll make a breakout. <laughs> and so I'm laying there in my bunk that night, and it, it had been a, a really a, a quite a night. I mean, uh, you know, they really knew how to praise God and to worship God. And so uh, that night, uh, I was laying in my bunk, and I was planning, actually. I was trying to hatch a plan. How am I going to get out of here? Who's going to take me home? Because I didn't have my car. They made sure of that. <laughs> so I'm laying there and trying to figure all this out. And finally, uh, I closed my eyes about to drift off, or maybe I had. But all of a sudden, I look up, and there was this guy staring back down at me. He must have been real tall because he seemed like he uh, came out of the ceiling. I mean, he was that, that tall. He was staring down at me. He had a beard and a nice smile, and whenever I looked at him, uh, you know and seen that smile I mean, the peace just came over me, but I still didn't know what to think of it because you understand i i didn't have any teaching like the rest of you. The rest of you all been raised in church all your life <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, he looked down. <laughs> <laughs> he looked down at me and I I felt a lot of peace and then all of a sudden he just disappeared and I fell asleep woke up the next morning and I thought you know I don't know what happened but I'm, I might just stay here another night I wasn't totally sold on it but I might just stay here another night and so uh I looked up my buddies, because they were in another building, and I didn't say anything to them, I just went on and had a pretty good time that day. Then that night, they were once again jumping up and down, and I didn't jump up and down, I just (laughs) hip-hopped. I guess that's what you call it, Ted. Anyhow, so uh, uh, we had a good time. I got—I still didn't give my heart to Jesus. I—I I just didn't cross the line. But I got back home uh, in my apartment. I was living by myself at that time, and I got back home and uh, I got down on my knees in my bed. And I gave my heart to Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I've been walking with him ever since. Hallelujah. Um, then, um, I didn't ask anybody. Well, I did ask some questions about that speaking in tongue stuff. But I didn't ask a lot of questions. But in two weeks, they were going to have a... Uh, a crusade or a, yeah I call it a crusade and at a Calvary Assembly God Bapt uh yeah Calvary Assembly God Church there's still water and I thought well I'll, I'll go once before then see how that is and uh, so I went to a uh, Wednesday night teaching service and you know I didn't have the Holy Spirit working in me at that time I didn't have teachings but when he started preaching about Paul and the eye being matted and he had to write his letters large because his eye was matted and swollen shut. I thought, this can't be right. I don't think God would do this. So I went on ahead and finished the service. And uh, then, uh, about a week, uh, a friend of mine brought the evangelist in. He was a prophet. And uh, he operated heavily uh, in the word of knowledge. And uh, so he came in, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost the first night of the revival. And uh, praise God, that was the best thing next to Jesus and next to my wife that ever happened to me. I mean, I I just, man, I just fell in love that much more with God. And then nobody could keep me off their back. You know, what about this, what about that? I know good and well that God didn't put out Paul's eye and cause it to be matted and swollen shut. I know he didn't. (laughs) I couldn't find it anywhere in the Bible. I guess he was preaching out of the Sunday paper. I don't know. But anyhow, so... uh, So uh, uh, I, uh, I, I just, the first night that I got filled with the Holy Ghost I'm going to try to speed this up a little bit and I don't, I don't even usually tell this too much but the first night uh, after I was filled with the Spirit I was uh, laying in bed I don't know why he always catches me laying in bed does he do that to you all? am I the only one? See, you're right, I am a weirdo. (laughs) Anyhow, I was, uh, I was laying there, and uh, all of a sudden, I felt like I should set up. And I set up in my bed, and I began to see a light coming down my hallway, and it was just getting brighter and brighter the closer it got to me. I, it was just just a bright light I don't know how to describe, but much brighter than these, much brighter than anything else in the building and It just got brighter and it got to to the point where i I didn't feel like I should look up. I just felt like I had to hang my head. I just felt an unworthiness and a You know, I I just didn't feel right about it. So, uh, yeah, and he come into my room. And he come into my room, and I had my head down, and automatically my hands had went out, and I didn't notice at the time, but they were throbbing and burning. And so he comes into my room and places his hands in mine, and I still didn't look up at his face, but I heard some words that I'll never forget. And uh, he, uh, he ministered to me and in a little while, he left, I don't know how long it was. I have no idea how long I was sitting up in that bed, but it seemed like forever. And uh, pretty soon he left and walked down the hallway. And uh so when he walked down the hallway the light followed him down the hallway. And I was left in the darkness. My hands uh, I just I, I I know that feeling now after all these years of him using me, but uh he uh he walked out I laid down and I went to sleep. If you're wondering what I did afterwards, I went to sleep. And so uh, the next day I was supposed to meet my uh, ex-wife and my sons and we were taking them on a field trip down to, I believe it was Arbuckle Wilderness. And uh, it was a long trip to me on that bus because I wanted to be with my sons, but I didn't want to be in that that bus. I just, you know, I, I couldn't handle it. And all of a sudden, as we were riding down there, I would look over at the person, and, man, I would get a... Bad chest pain. And uh, I knew enough to pray in other tongues. And then I would look over at somebody else and I would get some other pain in my body. Oh, yeah. And I would pray in other tongues. I'd look at somebody else and my blood pressure would skyrocket. I could feel it skyrocketing out of my head. And, uh, or as we used to say, back in the old country, out of my head. <laughs> and so. <laughs> oh yeah. My wife, she, uh, she has a, a wonderful time telling people that, you know, he's just like his dad he starts acting like a hillbilly. But I really don't. I'm (laughs) well-educated.
1: He he slipped back into that rogue, that hill talk whenever he was around him. (laughs) Just bam, just like that. It was maters, taters, pewters. I mean, just this. Just this kind of talk, so I'd always get. I said Cherokee County ruined my English, you know that.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll give you your, your spot here in a little bit. <laughs> so uh, she gets wound up now. I'm, I'm gonna turn, she can teach the hind leg off of a mule. Go ahead now. And so she won't do that tonight because we kind of went over what she was not gonna do. <laughs> but anyhow, so, uh, okay, where was I? Where did I leave off at, Ted? You're yeah, yeah, you're on the bus. Words we're of knowledge are hitting you. On the bus. I thought you were listening, weren't you, Ted? I heard it from somebody else. Okay. Yeah, I was on the bus. And uh, what I was getting was these words of knowledge that just kept, coming up through infirmities in other people's bodies that I didn't understand it at the time. However, uh, after I finished that trip, I got back and I talked to uh, my friend there in Stillwater that had shanghaied me into going to that meeting and uh, told him what was going on. He said, Charlie, he said, I don't know. I said, man, this is new to me. I said, Well, aren't you filled with the Holy Ghost? Oh yeah. Haven't you spent all your life in church? Yeah, in the Baptist church. I said, Well, you can't explain this. No, no, I, I don't understand, but I know somebody that can. Okay. So we'll call my brother in law. He's a pastor in Grand Prairie, Texas. And so, well, he was the one that had invited the prophet up to the camp meeting, and I got filled with Holy Ghost thunder. And so uh, we called him. I told him everything over the phone. He said, yeah, no problem. said, just whenever you have one of these pains or something going on like that, you go to the nearest person and ask them if you can pray for them. Oh, yeah. I said, okay, I'll do that. And so then, once again, my good old buddy, Jim Campbell, he sets me up to go into this camera store under the guise of picking up some film. I'm sure it was. He he wouldn't never lie, but he would set you up. So, (laughs) So we go into this camera store and Uh, all of a sudden, man, I just felt like, you know, I just felt like somebody was pulling on my heart and about to pull it out of my chest. And uh, I said, excuse me, sir. You know, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but, you know, God uses me to pray for individuals. And... I believe that he wants me to pray for you. Do you have a heart problem? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're wanting to do a triple bypass, and I don't want them to. I said, well, would you mind me praying for you? He said, no, no, that'd be great. I said, Mr. Campbell, you got me into this, so you come here. I said, we're both going to pray for this individual. And I prayed for him. Once again, that anointing started coming into my hands and my arms. And we prayed for him. And uh, I said, how do you feel? He said, oh, man, I feel great. (laughs) I said, well, that's wonderful. I said, you be sure Get in touch with us and see what the next doctor report is. So uh, we went on our merry way, and so this got to be a a game with my my buddy. He he decided that he was going to start lining up people. So he lined up one or two others, off uh, you know that he knew, and uh, uh, one of them was a fellow. I remember this name one of the fellows that he lined me up with was a guy by the name of Bob Ham. He's already in heaven. But he lined me up to see him. Well, Bob wouldn't accept any prayer, but he wanted to listen what was going on. And so we told him. So we went on our way. And then uh, he said, look, he said, we're having a Bible study at my house next Friday night. Would you like to come? I said, sure. You've got me and everything else. How, how much worse could it be? you know? And so I, I went to his house and sure enough, the Lord began to use me. I would call out people and they'd say, yeah, 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 that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> so uh, I would pray for them and uh several people got healed and uh so um uh, we went on and uh he said uh my friend Jim he said look he said are you gonna be out at Red River, New Mexico next week? I said, Yeah, I said I have a cabin out there that we're working on. I'd like to get it finished and uh so I'll be out there for a couple of weeks. He said, Well he said, uh, while you're out there, he said, uh, would you uh, would you mind coming to that fellowship out there? And I said, yeah, I, I guess I could do that. And so that one was a humdinger. I mean, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, I got in that room, and there was and he had them stacked up against me now all the way around the room and and uh they knew what to expect. I didn't, but they did and so uh uh we introduced each other pleasantries and so forth and and uh one of them, uh, the uh uh, the guy that was heading up the Bible study said, "Well, said uh, you know Charlie here. He operates in uh, uh, words of knowledge and uh, gifts of healing and working of miracles. So, would would do? Is there any needs here in this room? And." Uh, I'd already, man, I was, I tell you what, I don't know about anybody else, but when the anointing comes on me, I get crazy. Go oh, ahead, yeah, That's right. You'll probably see before the night's over. <laughs> Anyhow, so he he, he... he... That's right. He said, uh, uh said... If any of y'all, well, I'd, I'd come in and met one guy. I went up to shake his hand, and all of a sudden, fire shot out of his eyes. I thought it was shooting right at me, the fire. I mean, it was really, it was not a good fire. And uh, I uh, I just let it go. I thought, well, I'll take care of you later. By then, I was getting brave. And so anyhow, uh, I began to call out different things and people would raise their hands and uh, I would pray for them and uh, they seemed to get their healing and uh, now I know they did. And uh, one lady, uh, one young lady uh, I know how to handle myself differently now i don't embarrass anyone uh except for every other time but, uh, <laughs> i don't embarrass anyone that 's why that 's why she hit me between the shoulders <laughs> i don't embarrass anyone i just uh but then I was pretty brash. And this one lady, uh young lady, she stepped up out of her chair and right away I seen her dressed in red oh red coat, red cloak. And uh I began to question her. And there was another lady in the room that was pretty sensitive. And she said, wait just a minute, Charlie. She said, I need to handle this. I said, okay. Because I'd already gotten a revelation of what it was. I didn't want to approach it. But anyhow, she was a lady of the night. And she handled it. She got done ministering to her, and then I prayed for her. And uh, then others got prayed, and one, one gentleman stepped up and all of a sudden his stomach disappeared before me and I seen an ulcer in his stomach. I said, sir, you have an ulcer here in your stomach? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, the doctor told me I did. I said, well, God's going to take care of that right now. And I began to pray for him. He fell out under the power, which by then I was used, getting used to. Not totally, but I was getting used to it. And then some others had prayer requests, and we prayed for them. And then we got to this gentleman that I had, I had met when I came in. And once again, when I reached out to touch him, It just seemed like the Lord wouldn't let me do it. And once again, he opened his eyes, and it was like fire shooting out, you know. Kind of like when Ted opens his eyes. No, I'm just kidding, Ted. (laughs) Anyhow. (laughs) Yeah. He opened his eyes, and fire began to shoot out. And I said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him right now, you foul demonic spirit of witchcraft. Come out right now. Right now, I say, come out. And he hit the deck. And uh, we let him lay there and kind of, you know, the thing they do. And I've had him do all kinds of things, but he he kind of uh, slithered around. And uh, finally, he got up, and we began to minister to him. And he said, I was going to go commit suicide because I couldn't handle this torment any longer. Uh, Well, we felt like we got him free, but uh, apparently not free enough because I found out several months later that he did get the job done to commit suicide. And uh, it really bothered me. It really bothered me because I thought, you know, I let him get away. And, you know, when uh, the Lord spoke to me, said, there was nothing you could do. See, you done what you were supposed to do. It's just that he didn't, he didn't want to let go and so many things happened see think maybe i want to stop there let me listen here for a second so that was Oh, I had several, several experiences, and I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, I got involved in Full Gospel Businessmen, and uh, they uh, began to invite me to different places. You know, each group of people you go to, like this group here, I've already got it summarized. I've been doing that now for several weeks. And you're a jumping, worshiping, praising people that love God. Some groups you find go through the pretensions. And uh, I I, I began began to go to these full full gospel businessmen's banquets and they would they would invite me as their guest speaker and I would speak and of course they all want to hear your testimony gotcha. you give your testimony to you're blue in the face and then they want some more of it but I kind of got tired of that but I would gently skip through it and then the Holy Ghost would move on me and start saying things like this fellow over here has a deaf ear Tell him which one it is, and uh, so then we went somewhere. Okay. You know, oh, and I I enjoyed that. I had a good time out of that. You know, the testimony is good. You know, but they want to hear. Uh, I'm not. I'm gonna stop right there with that. I've not been one to give you. Uh, like I didn't tell you much about my drinking problem before I got born again. And uh, I'm not going to. No sense in it. Jesus saved me, washed me with his blood, set me free, put me on a high place, traveling and serving him. And that's what I do. I told Tyler when I first met him I'm not people try to attach a label some in, in Peru they think I'm a prophet and you know it's whatever I am to you I guess although I know what God's called me as but it's whatever I am to you Um and I'll, if it's way out of line, I'll correct you. Otherwise, I'll let you flow with it. But everywhere you go, it, it's different. And so, uh, um, where was I at? Where was I headed with this?
1: Well, you've been talking about 40 minutes now. Really? Yes. Well, it's, the it's, uh, yeah. Do you yeah. want to share about how we got started in the ministry and all that?
0: How did we get started? I thought that's what I was doing. <laughs> well, I I had uh I had started doing meetings everywhere. Dave Roberson was my I, I served him for twenty This is after we got married. Yes. In between there we got married. <laughs> <laughs> We got married and uh uh oh we, you know, we we've had a wonderful life and we're fixing to have a bunch more. But um oh, yeah. So uh oh, right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so uh, we got married. And um, I I'd already been at the prayer center with Dave Roberson for quite some time. Before I met her and i'm going to let her tell you that part but I'm gonna kind of skip here just a little bit uh, then uh, this lady Christine Carmichael kept after me she kept after me she kept hearing about the miracles that were happening and she heard about the ministry and kept after me you got to come to peru you got to come to peru I said I don't need to come to Peru everybody else is going there, everybody's going to Africa, everybody's going to Peru, everybody's going to India. I'll I'll just stay in the States and do what I do, you know, and I, I was getting uh, where I was building up I, well I will tell you this before I turn it over to her I was serving as Dave Roberson's head usher and uh This friend of ours, this was after we were married, this friend of ours said, uh, why don't you come to my church and do a weekend meeting? And I said, well, let me ask, make sure it's okay with my pastor because I am obligated to him in some capacities and so let me check make sure and if it's okay with him well then uh, I'll uh, I'll get back with you so I talked to Pastor Dave and you know I run everything by him at that time I mean uh, if he would have told me to lay down in the middle of the highway which he wouldn't but if he had if he had I would have done it and that's how You know, it's not that I was idolizing him. I just know where I was placed at at that time. And so he said, yeah, Charlie, go over there. This will be a good start for you. Go over there. And so I went over there, and uh, uh, to make a long story short, we started those meetings on a Sunday, we got done three weeks later. Yeah. That was my first revival. And uh, so now I'm going to introduce my lovely wife, Shelly.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's the bestest that there is. This.
1: All righty. Well, I was born and raised in Michigan for 21 years of my life. I was, raised, <laughs> I was raised in the thumb area. Charlie said he got me out of there just in time so I didn't get a frozen brain <laughs> like the rest of them have. And uh, I had another friend, the the gal that introduced us on a blind date. She was from my church up in Michigan, too, so he'd harass her just as bad as he'd harass me. But anyway, I was raised Catholic, and so it was generations of Catholicism in my family, both sides. And so I was born again at 17. One of my best friends was a Methodist preacher's daughter, And her and her mom took me to a um, camp meeting put on by the Minister's Alliance up in the area, and I got born again. Well, during that year, I was trying out several different churches because I'd been unhappy with the Catholic Church for a long time. I just was not inside. I was not happy. And so anyway, uh, the following year, then I took my other best friend, her mom, and one of her brothers, and we went back to uh, the camp meeting for that year. And uh, they all got born again. And at that time, there was uh, this group called Dwayne Friend and the Friends. They were, so, uh, they were Southern Gospel. And two of the members of their band were going to be at a church there in Bad X, Michigan. And so we went, we liked the church, and we all stayed there. Well, uh, that created World War III in my family. (laughs) Being 18 years old, not knowing what's going on, hadn't been taught anything about persecution for, you know, righteousness' sake and all that kind of stuff, I had no idea. Anyway, I had aunts and uncles and grandparents and everybody all mad at me because I left the faith. (laughs) So, anyway, I made it through, (laughs) and uh, I am here. They eventually came around to, um, that they weren't going to change me. This was me, and if they wanted to follow along, they could. If they didn't, that was their choices, but we didn't um, hide what we were doing. So, anyway, um, in 1977, I went to Ramah. I was 20 years old. At the time, it was still just a one-year school. So I graduated from there, went back to Michigan, and the following year came back to Oklahoma in 79 and have been here ever since. So now I am officially, I have been told, in Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm no longer a Michigander. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, I met Charlie uh, through this friend back in 1990. We got married in 91. And in 92, we hit the road doing independent meetings. And um, our first meeting was in Eden, Oklahoma. And um, during those days, you printed up flyers. The week before, you hit the town and you plastered the town in flyers.
0: You put it. no internet.
1: <laughs> you, uh, you uh, uh, put an ad in the paper, and uh, that's how we got started. And so that we uh, rented a room at the Ramada at that time, and so we probably had what about 15, 20 people there that, that first meeting, and it lasted all of an hour. Charlie was like worship, preaching, ministering, bam. <laughs> <laughs> We're out the door. <laughs> Talk about nervous and everything else. But in those meetings, somebody got healed of a heart defect, and somebody had a tooth filled with silver. <clears throat> so, so anyway, we went back to Enid. <clears throat> we went back to Enid quite quite a bit. We actually uh, got up to having about thirty or forty people that would attend each time that we came to Enid. So we had a good little crowd going there. And we saw lots of miracles, lots of different things happen. And so we traveled all over. We traveled into Arkansas. We traveled into Missouri. We went for an entire year, once a month, up to Sedalia, Missouri, holding miracle service at an Assembly of God church. Saw lots of stuff happening up there. Um, We've been to Portland. We've been to Canada. Um, We were out to New Mexico. And um, trying to think where else, but kind of all around the state of Oklahoma, we, we, we kind of spread out and went into. And so we saw lots of stuff. God was using us. It was good experience for us. And to get started, we were taking one of my paychecks every month and paying for everything to go set up. I mean, the rent on the halls, the, uh, the, the flyers, um, just whatever was needed. We were, money. <laughs> we were taking care of it, you know, taking care of it. And at the time, you know, if you, if we got a hundred dollars, we thought, Oh, wow, we're so excited, you know, but a lot of times that it was only 25. So you had to determine, okay, are we doing this because God told us to do it or are we doing it for a paycheck? Well, we were doing it because God told us to get out there and do it. And so anyway, it didn't matter about that. But we put ourselves out there to do what we had to do. And at one time, Pastor Dave uh, told some up-and-coming people who wanted to get out there and do it. He said, you go follow Charlie around and you go do what he's doing. Well, there were a few that tried that and after the first one or two independent meetings, they didn't do it anymore because it was too expensive and nobody was, either nobody showed up or you had three or four people show up. So, you know, it, that's, that's just how it was. That's just how it was. But anyway, in the midst of all that, that is when, yeah.
0: That, that determines, that shows whether you're sold out or not. That's right. That determines whether you know what you're called. Go ahead, If he's called you. Because if he's called you, you'll do nothing but eat, sleep, and drink the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Okay. And you'll be at those meetings regardless regardless what your accountant tells you. That's right. If he says, You're losing money. I say hello.
1: So anyway, uh, Charlie mentioned Christina Carmichael. She was, the, um, she was a physician's assistant who was a missionary to the country of Peru, and she's the one that approached Charlie to come down there. And uh, like he said, he you know didn't want to go, but she kept after him and kept after him and kept after him. And so probably just to get her off his back, she, he, you know he agreed he'd come down one time. So back, so in February of 1998, he took a group of six other men and they headed to Peru. And um, I made some notes here because it's a lot of different things happened. We traveled 13 years down to the country doing miracle crusades and pastor's uh, seminars down there. And that first trip to Terrapoto, uh, it's in the northern part of the country in the high jungle. <coughs> Gorgeous, beautiful. Macaws outside your window just flying around. Orchids growing just everywhere. You know, all these... Tropical plants we pay lots of money for in the states to grow, just growing wild everywhere up there in that jungle, and it was it was just it was beautiful, and so.
0: Um, they won't let you bring them back, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Christina had introduced him to Pastor Jaime and his wife up in oh, Uh wonderful. Wonderful couple. Pastor Thelma was happy all the time, all, all the time. She was, they were just precious, really precious. And um, we became really, really good friends with them right up until the time they both went on to heaven. And so then Pastor Jaime introduced Charlie to one of his friends who is secretary general to the mayor of Terrapoto, Chung. And uh, there was a lot of Orientals in Peru. I was really surprised at at the amount of Oriental, Filipino and Oriental people there. And so anyway, they become really good friends also. And um, the crowds there, uh, they were really excited. These two men were really excited for a revival to come to Terrapoto. And so they had crowds in an open-air coliseum there, probably about 1,000 a night, at least, uh, to get started. And he was ministering prayer lines up until, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. And just uh, in those first meetings, um, there was one young lady. She was deaf and uh, mute and healed instantly. And her tongue was let loose, and her ears popped open, and... They would stand in back of her and whisper in her, in her ear, they'd say Jesus, and she'd repeat after them. Okay. And so, anyway, and then there was another gentleman, um, he had cancer, and, and we heard about his recovery after we had gotten back to the state, after he had gotten back to the states through Christine, that he had been totally healed of terminal cancer. And so, I don't know what all else there was just so many things going on they were so hungry everybody just wanted hands laid on them and um, Charlie started a a fad over there too this is funny he wore suspenders on his dress
0: pants (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, wait 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 you gotta draw up this picture This was me back then. <laughs> you don't believe that, do you? He was, he was, he was slender. Yeah, this was me. And I fasted and fasted and fasted and fasted and fasted. And I didn't stop because I had read where A.A. Allen and all these guys fasted and they went in and got the power of God on their life and brought it out to the people. And I was determined to do that. But in the process, go ahead with
1: In the process, some of the guys that he got to know down there in Terrapoto just got mesmerized with these suspenders. And so they all started going out and buying suspenders and wearing them. <laughs> It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, and from Terrapoto, then they went on to a town called Yurimagwas. And that was a little farther. Let's say, was that north or northwest? Uh, west? That's where they
0: fight in the street over the pasture.
1: Yeah, they were, yeah, they were fighting in the streets. And um, that road, it wasn't that far away, but the road was so pitted and so rough and so curvy, you could only drive about 30 miles an hour. I made it on one of those trips to Ureta not that one. And um, it took six hours to drive that because of only being able to go so fast over horrible, horrible conditions. And so uh, at that time also the uh, Shining Path group, the rebels down there, uh, drug cartel, they were still still causing problems. They were kind of coming to the end of their reign, but they were still causing problems down there. And uh, so- that
0: is had a shining path. Uh Uh-huh,
1: and yeah, yeah. and so Charlie had the opportunity to actually minister to one of their former members down there, and he gave him, he gave his heart to the Lord. So that that was pretty neat. And and then he, he taught in the mornings, had miracle crusades at night And um, then I think it was that trip that the tribe from the jungle, the inner jungle. Yeah. Yeah. uh, They were at a church uh, up at Yertemagwis. And a tribe from the inner jungle, dressed in their full regalia, their best, came down to the Sunday meeting with the chief. And the whole group gave their heart to the Lord. Awesome. Thank you. So uh, that trip was a, a pretty awesome trip with lots of miracles, lots of salvations, and lots of precious friendships uh, beginning to form right there. So uh, we went back to Terrapoto several times through the years. Lots of friends up there. Still have a lot of friends over there. I'd like to go back really bad. God just hasn't released us to go back yet again but um and our friends keep like when are you coming back we miss you it's like i miss you too <laughs> so anyway but from there then we made trips to Wanaco, which was up in the mountains this was so funny the one thing i remember about this this was my very first trip and boy was it a culture shock for me <laughs> and and i ended up getting sick lost 10 pounds in that week that i was there and it was just like, I don't ever want to come on another trip again. You know, one of these. But you flew in. The runway was real short. You flew in. You came down like, and go, and, and there you are. And you took off the same way. It was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. I imagine
0: it's how uh, Pastor Ziggy flies. I, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm sure it is. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and so then we made trips on, on to, uh, uh, let's see, Juan Cavalica, Paramonga, and Lima. And that trip, Charlie was gone for two weeks over there. Juan Cavalica was the, the big thing over there. It was 12,000 feet up in the mountains, and then you came back down a little ways and to get there you had to take a bus to a certain spot then get on a train and go up the mountain and the luggage the barbed wire all the animals the goats the chickens the pigs everything is all loaded on together on the train and so they chugged their way up And um, because of it being so high up, you had to be prepared because of altitude sickness. And so anyway, but this was the first time ever that there was a miracle crusade done up in Juan Cavalica. They were the first ones ever to go up there. And the mayor was so excited about the group being there. And they were up there for a week. And the mayor just took Charlie all, the, all over the town and uh, they had a great time, lots of stuff going on. It was freezing cold up there at that time. And uh, uh, the girls didn't get to have heat in the room, but the guys got to have heat, but the girls didn't. I didn't get to make that trip. I had, we, at the time we were pastoring in Kansas, so I had to stay back and handle things at the church. And so anyway, um, uh, the the mayor did give his life to the Lord.
0: That same film the Holy Ghost.
1: And then uh, the Catholics <laughs> protested the whole time, marching around the open air uh, area where they uh, there they had it. So anyway, that was the first of many of uh, the protests from the Catholics while we were over there. Uh, but it was uh, it was a very successful time and like I said the mayor was just so ecstatic you know that somebody came up that far in the cold to minister Jesus to the people oh, hey. so anyway um,
0: I won't say the Catholics didn't like me they just didn't like to see me coming
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then it was on this particular trip that um, when they he got back down to Paramanga they were back along the then the last half of the trip they were along the coast of Peru at the Pacific Ocean there and um, they were in Paramanga and this is where Charlie met Julio Cavasa who would later become our campaign man- manager for the rest of our trips going over there he and his family were just a godsend to us. I mean, they just took care of us. They handled everything. We could trust them with any amount of money that we had because we had to always send money over to them so they could prepare and they could, you know, uh, 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 get, the, get the meeting places and coliseums.
0: I, I love the Peruvian people, and they love me. But I am an American evangelist. In their eyes, I'm a rich American evangelist. And, uh, you know, sometimes the temptation of money just, you know, is too much. So I always had to have someone watching out to make sure things kept on track, because we, we took we took the money that we were going to use. We didn't have a bank over there. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, whenever uh, Julio Cavasa came on board, he handled all of them. He made a few mad, but see, they weren't mad at me. They were mad at him.
1: They kept accusing him of acting like a white man. <laughs> and Julio told us, he said, they'll try to steal your money. They'll, they'll want bribes and all this kind of stuff. So if you let me handle this stuff, I know how they think. He said, we can get better deals with you letting me do this. And, and he, he did, he was he was an excellent administrator. He was just, just a godsend. So for 13 years, we made trips to Barranca, Talara, Pura, Lima, Arequipa, and uh, kept going back to those cities more than once at a time. And so we saw a lot of miracles. We saw cataracts dissolve from ladies' eyes. Gentlemen, uh, people with their crutches throwing them down, taking off walking, getting out of wheelchairs. Ears opened. Uh, This one young boy hadn't heard all his life. His ears opened and uh, he could hear and he started crying. As soon as he heard, he just started crying. And um, I forgot what town that was in, but I I saw the pictures today. I was going through our photo albums and just reminding myself of some stuff. And I saw that picture and I thought, oh my goodness. And People healed of cancer, demons cast out, and just people set free. Um, one of the trips to Peru, to Pura, we had just got on the plane and heard that Pope John Paul had died. Peru's a Catholic country. So we get up there, and we're in our rooms, and we're told we're going to have to escort you there. Police escort you to the meetings and back. And, and then Julio calls us and said, right before the meeting started, they shut the electricity off. Somebody in the Catholic group, they went and had all the power turned off for the Coliseum. Charlie says, well, go get it turned back on. <laughs> and, so, and so it was by the time we got there. But these police cars, we had two vans full of people from the hotel to go over there. We had one in back of us, one in front of us, and the lights going, and they drove us right into the Colosseum. It wasn't let us out outdoors. I mean, they didn't want anything happening to us, all because Pope John died and we were having these meetings there. But you know, we had two to 3,000 people every night at those, those particular meetings. Just so much happened. Thousands of just born-again people, and uh, it was just it was really it was really really something and um, just so much so many great things happened and i am just so thankful to god for allowing us the honor and the privilege of being able to go over there and to minister the word of god to be used to see people set free to receive miracles and um, I love the country of Peru. I do, I miss it. I love my friends over there. And we just give him all the glory because it wasn't us. It, it's him. It is him. Right. And I'm looking forward to when I get to heaven one day and seeing little Peru, not little, well, they're short. <laughs> Most of them are shorter people, you know, uh, seeing some Peruvians come up that say, I was at a crusade that you all were at, and this happened to me, or that happened to me, or my mom got healed, or something like that, and just hearing the testimonies, you know, from these people, and all of us will be having that opportunity because of the lives that we have touched, but we don't hear the results coming back to us, but we'll hear this stuff, and it's just going to be so awesome, and so I I just praise God for that, and so anyway, that's just a little bit about us, you know, kind of in quickly. So anyway, I hope, I hope it blessed your heart and just okay. let you know what we're all about. Well, that's
0: right. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so, uh, you know, we, uh, We went, so we've been all over the United States, some in Canada. I spent two weeks in China, in the interior of China, uh, when uh, you weren't really welcome to study the Word of God. You know, you meet in the building, pull a Bible out somewhere hidden, and... uh, you know, so uh, it's not. I tell people it's not our first rodeo. Go ahead, man. You know, but uh, but we've loved it all. We, you know, I'm 68 years old, and I plan on stopping when I'm what 108. Was that what we figured out? <laughs>
1: 120. 120. You don't plan on stopping till you uh, take your last breath.
0: Yes. Yes, I don't have anything else to do, you know, so what's a man to do (laughs) but to preach the gospel? Glory be to God. i got to stand up because he's wanting to do something right quick. Uh, Let me tell you about this. I have always had a back issue, not this bad. But about was it three years ago or five years ago that I ended up first time in the hospital? Six years, huh? six years ago. Time flies when you're having a good time. Go ahead, man. I spent uh, two weeks in the hospital that I don't remember, and I don't remember all of those people that came to my bedside and prayed but god does and i thank him every day but at the end of two weeks uh, the doctors wasn't given a whole lot of hope but some but i woke up one sunday morning and i said god if you want me to preach the gospel i've got to get out of this hospital And later that day, the doctor came in and he said, Man, he said, You're doing good. You ready to get out of here? I said, I'm ready to get out of here. Oh, yeah. And that was that. And I've been in two, three times since then. But as a result, it has damaged some more nerves in my back but I would like for you to lift me up in prayer because I had scheduled to do a nerve-type procedure on, uh, now I've been fighting this a long, long time, but a nerve-type procedure. uh, They could not get me in until late October. And so this past week, I've been going before the Lord saying, Lord, now listen. You know I need this. And your word said that whenever there is no way, you'll make a way. So yesterday they called and said, I'm going to get you in next week. They opened up a new date. Now you, yes, Hallelujah, giving glory because, see, you think well, he just started biting this. Listen, I've been laying hands on this back for so long that I have an imprint. I know right where to have you to put your hand because there's a sunk-in place where a handprint is. So. So this has been a long time. So uh, finally I told the Lord one day, I said, Lord, look, I want to get on with the program. Whatever it takes, we're going to get on with the program. So I'm getting on with the program. I've already been through a trial run with it, and it was excellent. So next week, sometime after next week, because he said, well, I don't care what they say. Anyhow, I don't have to have no six weeks recovery. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. I can get on with it. Yeah. Amen. And so anyhow, lift me up whenever God puts me on your heart. Until then, hallelujah, glory be to God. I almost sat there and got healed. Oh, that's Hallelujah. Right. Ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. You could you come out right here, just in the aisle way there. That'd We're gonna wrap this up whenever God gets done. Okay. That's right. You done good, baby. Oh well, that's right. That's far enough, right here. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Lift your arms. Thank you, Jesus. Go down through there. You know, I I never could figure out. You know, people would get healed in their backs. And I couldn't. I know the answer now. But dumb me, it took a while to get the message through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for his spiritual gifts. Here comes that gift of healing. Ah, oh, no more, no more pain. No more overload. Yeah, no more. Just let it fall off. Let it fall off. You're gonna sleep better tonight. Everything's going to be. I'm not going to touch you. Uh, he's instructed me to do things a certain way in the future, so I'm not going to touch you. I'm just going to say this by the stripes of Jesus that he had on his back, several of them were laid on for your healing now. Oh, yeah in Jesus name let that anointing go through her let it go through father in Jesus name I believe she is healed yeah. 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 What are you seeing? Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) Go ahead and touch your forehead for me. Hallelujah, Jesus. OU, where's that at? (laughs) I went to a great school called (laughs) OU. There's just something wrong about this picture. (laughs) Could you step out here in the aisle there somewhere? It don't matter where. Because with God, there is no distance. Just lift your hands, close your eyes. If you find yourself on the floor and no one behind you, don't worry, you won't be hurt. That's right. But in your case, there is someone behind you. Right. you uh, you've been treated a little bit wrong. You know, the devil will use people to do wrong. But that's all right. God uses people to do right. Tonight, you've walked into the right place. And the Lord says that he's not only going to heal you of those past wrongs, but he's going to set you on high from this day forth. He says, I get my way. I get my way. From this day forth, from this day forth, you'll serve him with all your heart. Oh, you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat so much. Uh, If I could only tell you just how much of a treat you're in for. But right now, God is trying to heal. Just let those things go. Just let them go. 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 Go ahead. Let them go. Jesus' name. Right now, let them go. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I break those bonds and chains that have held her all of her life, and I command them to go right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) You remember? Yeah. I got him, Lenny, right now. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I had quite a talk with with uh, Ted, yeah, you're Ted, yeah. He told me something about every one of you. I'm just kidding. He wouldn't do that. You couldn't pry it out of him. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm listening to God. What are you doing? <laughs> You know, one thing I really enjoyed doing in Peru was I got to minister every time I went over there. I think, I don't think I missed times that I didn't get to minister to businessmen and men that wanted to be businessmen, men that wanted to make money for the gospel. You know, that's worldwide. That's not just in Tulsa. Yeah, I got down here and I found that out, Ted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, that's right. More than Step over there. This young fella right here.
1: Don.
0: Don. Don. Okay. He dunked. He dunked. I just know it's a young fella. Yeah, like us. <laughs> like us. <laughs> I got you by two years. By years. <laughs> 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 barely, man, barely. <laughs> Just stand right there, Don. (laughs) You must have been sowing some good seed. That's all I can say. Because he's fixing to pour some more out on you. Father, right now, touch my friend here, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
2: Thank you, Lord.
0: Touch your around on the
2: forehead. Thank you, Lord.
0: You are blessed.
2: In the name of Jesus. Oh, that's right. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. All
0: right. I ain't gonna mess around. Anybody in here need prayer for anything? Line up across here. Don't be bashful. If you need prayer for something, God says you have not because you ask not. Are you asking him if it's real or what? I think he just stayed together so I didn't fall on my face. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in line. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Here he comes. Get ready to receive him. You're not waiting on him. He's already here. You two that just got in line, you're too late. Excuse your phone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, in Jesus' name, be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Oh, receive, it. receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Right now. Jesus Christ. I'll come back to him. <laughs> I, I seen you all night, last night. Yeah, I was up all night praying last night, and I seen you. I seen you last night. <clears throat> <clears throat> he wants. I'm not gonna say what else I know because that's that wouldn't be fair. I'm gonna show you the More and more and more and more and more. So He's going to give you more and more and more and more. In Jesus' name and the days to come, He's going to give you more. Uh, what I see about you—where's my wife? Gone? What I see about you is on your knees. I see you on your knees. On your knees. On your knees. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> i just kidding not <laughs> I, I see you uh, lots of prayer.
1: Lots of prayer. Lots of prayer.
0: It's
1: all yours. You
0: can go as far as you want into God. You can have as much as you want. You can have more anointings than you ever thought. In Jesus' name, it's yours, it's yours. Everything's gonna be good. Everything's gonna be good. Everything's gonna be good. good. Hallelujah, no worries, no concerns, Everything's gonna be good. You're gonna name it Charlie, aren't you? (laughs) I actually want to really bad. There's already a Charlie in our family. Joe's father's name is Charlie. You just go right ahead (laughs) and do it. I'll stand with you all the way. I think there was a sudden growth. And you. Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. Not anymore. You're going to start feeling really good. Yes. Yeah, he's going to be good. We're not going to let anything yet. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. I can't even remember. I can't even remember the first time I seen her. I, I, I can, but I can't. But I know one thing. God wants to do a work in him, and he might slow him down just a peg or two, but God wants to do a work in him, and he's going to be healed. Right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. You call him in the morning and say What are you doing in bed? <laughs> Jesus' name. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. <laughs> That's a happy cry. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Randasaka, the moon of Alasaki. <laughs> Ilasaka, Saki, the Buddha. Ted, you gonna sit there all night or what? (laughs) Why don't you get up and lead us in worship, Ted? (laughs) Hallelujah. Of you all want some of this tomorrow, on but you, you'd stampede me and I don't want that. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Lord. Amen. How many of you are grateful for what the Lord's done here today? Amen. Amen. You know, I really believe there's a lot of people that just really had no idea of the things that the Lord has done through the ministry of Charlie and Shelly um, in Peru. They they told us about that stuff, and I was amazed. Like, man, you know, you, you, don't, you don't just guess that sometimes. It's not something that you just pick up on. Um, so I was I was thankful for their testimony, thankful for the way that the Lord's used them over the years, and I believe that they're going into a season of being used um, again. Amen. That's what they're trusting the Lord for, and we're in agreement with them. Amen. Well, I'll pray us out, and uh, you guys will be dismissed um, if you can be. Ted can stay here all night if he wants to. Amen. But uh, Friday we have hospital outreach. We'll be at Mercy and Baptist, seven o'clock in the chapel at either one. Um, other than that, I think just uh, service on Sunday. Pastor Annie's going to say
3: something. Hi, guys. I want us all to stand real quick. And Joe, if you will put this uh, up for me on here, Psalms 91. I want us to read that tonight. Um, just because I think that, you know, we're in a season where people tend to get um, a little sick and stuff like that. So I want us to pray this um, this chapter over ourselves. Um, and um, we're going to kick the devil out of our lives. Um, and no sickness is going to come on us. Our children are going to be healthy um, because we, ha- we serve a God that um, has has taken on the stripes on his back for us so that we didn't have to get sick and that we could claim healing over our bodies. So we're gonna read that together. I'm not gonna read part of it and then you guys follow. We're just gonna do it all together at once, okay? So, um, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the pestilence. Pestilence. Goodness. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings ye shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only your eyes shall look, and you (laughs) of the wicked, because ye. even the Most High your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give your angels charge over you and keep you in all your ways. In his hands they shall bear you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and young, and the serpent shall travel underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him, and shall show him my salvation. Amen. Sorry, I got tongue-tied. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Amen. I haven't had much sleep. I'm thankful that Ziggy's coming home tomorrow because I need him home. He said, "I'll probably walk in the door and you'll fall asleep." I said, "You're right." <laughs> I need him home because I have not been able. I don't sleep well when he's not um, home with me. So um, I'm I'm gonna pray real quick and del- you. Dismiss you guys pray for me. I need sleep. I want to go home and sleep tonight. So pray for me. Um, but Ziggy will be back tomorrow evening or tomorrow afternoon sometime, and he will be here on Sunday. So be in prayer for service on Sunday. We're super excited. Be expecting and come, just come with the expectation that God's going to do something for you. Amen. Okay, so, Lord, we thank you for Charlie and Shelly, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you've brought them to this place, God. And we just ask, Lord, that you be with us through this week, Lord. And, Lord, we just pray that your um, angels are around Ziggy and Gabby, excuse me, and Cherie and Carolyn as they travel back, God. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.